I have eaten at a Chick-fil-A. I've strolled the aisles of Publix, and I've seen an acorn in real life for the very first time. All that and more after the jump. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. It has been quite a bit, but we are back. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, episode number 95. That is crazy. We're getting awfully close to episode 100. I wonder what we'll have in store for that. Uh, a podcast here with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star about all the wars in the stars. I am your master of chaos, pod racing enthusiast, king of the Hoth, the Klein Felton joining me today is just one one other member of the Reckless crew, but that is okay. This Scarif native, Anakin's favorite Padawan, Jacksonville Pew 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 Pews, also known as my pickleball partner, uh, <laughs> Jack Hughes. How are you? And I've got a question for you, an icebreaker. I like to do these when I'm hosting the show very quickly. Hell yeah. If... Okay, so imagine this in the in a dream, not a dream scenario. Maybe it's a dream scenario. I don't know. You don't seem like a very violent person. How many children do you think you could fight where it is the age they are is how many of them? So it's like one one-year-old, two two-year-olds, three three-year-olds, four four-year-olds. At what point do you think that you could not take them anymore? Oh, God. It's going to be low. It's going to be low. I don't have much confidence in myself. I'm going to go and this is battle to the death. Like oh, you can geez. you can use any means that you deem necessary. I'd be such a dirty fighter. I'm George Costanza on Seinfeld. I I fight That's dirty. Fine. Um well if I'm fighting dirty, you know, just no rules, fight to the death. I'll go I feel like I can manage 10 10 year olds but if we go up to 11 11 wow. year olds I, I i'd get a little nervous that, that's when kids start getting big. yeah yeah exactly like, that's when like i i agree with you i think 10 is a lot but if it i'm is. like picking them up i'm like picking them in my dream scenario not dream scenario why do i keep saying that like picking them up <laughs> from the hair and oh, like yeah bashing them with the other <laughs> hand or like holding one off or maybe picking up from the hair and like using them as a weapon against the other ones yeah yeah, I feel, yeah. I, once I you start getting preteen age, oh, God. like if they can read the Hunger Games confidently, I'm out. They have strategy. Like they've <laughs> they've they've been indoctrinated by the mind of Suzanne Collins. Like this, what a relevant callback to. Like <laughs> like that fits. I know perfectly. it's great. Battle the Songbird Snake in theaters now. You can use that Lionsgate. That's yours. <laughs> this whole <laughs> yeah. podcast not sponsored at all, but we would love to take your money. We are corporate shills here, but. That is enough of that on today's show. We got plenty to talk about. As I said, it has been a little bit. We are going to go through the news. We're going to answer a burning listener question that will transition perfectly into our flagship topic. Yes, yeah, it's been, it. again, been a while doing the show and I forget it on a good week. We are going to do some Star Wars hype check post strike. The strike is over. We're going to check in on things, see where heads at. But before all that, Jack. If the listener is wondering why it has been so long, it's been almost a month since we were on here. Why is that the case? What happened in the last couple of weeks that would have maybe 
delayed the recording of a potential podcast. Well, a lot went down. So <laughs> we all met up in Atlanta, as I'm sure everybody, at least who follows us on social media, at Reckless Rebels on Twitter, um, saw we all met up in Atlanta um, at David's Mojo Do- Dojo Casa House. Did I say that right? I think I did. Um, we met up with David in Atlanta. Thomas came in a little bit later. We watched Loki. We could eat some great food. We checked out the aquarium. But we also sat down to record a podcast. And <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It was it was after we had been out at the Atlanta bars or one bar, and it was very fun. They had games there and everything. Um, Southern hospitality, man. I keep telling everyone this is uh, let's just like let's take a quick breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a big deal. Massive. I you guys have all met. I made it down there. I hopped on a plane. I went down. I've never been to the South before. I guess I've been to California, but like that's not like the South. Like that's Southern this United States, but not like quote unquote South. Southern hospitality, a real thing. Everyone so friendly down there. I keep talking to people about we went and saw the killer was one of the highlights of the oh. the woman who helped us there. Just the friendliest lady in the world. But yes. We had some little, little bit of liquid courage flowing through our veins, Indeed. and we decided let's try and record a podcast. And I hate to tell y'all, but it's not, we're never going to hear it. <laughs> it is an art piece that was for us and only us, I guess. I, there was an attempt to potentially publish it, but it was messy. It was a, a bit of a gong show. Technical issues. It, something surprised me, Jack, and it's that it's way easier in the year of our Lord, 2023, to record a podcast remotely I had than the it same is thought. single Airbnb. <laughs> How does that make sense? I don't know, but it's just the way it is. It's the way we're rolling. Yeah, we, we had a lot of technical issues, and it sucks because we thought we got it all synced up before we went out to the bar. And then we came because we wanted to come back and just be able to hit record and like, let's if we're feeling it, let's go. And we finished up chaotic as ever. I mean, as chaotic as you could imagine, all two four of hours, us being probably. in the same room, two hours, probably woke up every neighbor that existed in that complex. And no, in that complex, they were all, they were still awake. That's true. Let's that's that's a good the point. The place we were staying, they did not go to, they were night owls. <laughs> they were creatures of the evening. We'll just call it an interesting setup that we had for, for those few days. You were there longer than I was, Klein. Um, but, but yeah, after we finished recording, <laughs> I think in my head, I, I don't remember a ton from that night, to be quite honest. But I do remember to- seeing Thomas and David like over on the computer, and then you at one point, Klein, trying to figure things out. I was like, "Oh man, this is never gonna get out there. <laughs> There's just no way." No, it's it wasn't gonna happen. But yeah, we all met up. The Reckless Rebellion crew has all officially been in the same room at the same time. I have shared a look, a glance across the public's counter with Jack Pews. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was so cool to go and like meet you guys and hang out and and be sort of in your natural habitat. Like, I mean, Georgia isn't where you live, yeah, but it's Florida adjacent. Mm-hmm. I would say they're similar. It's they're, they they're are similar, close-ish in proximity. So, like that was really cool. It was amazing. We had awesome barbecue. We just hung out. Um, one of the highlights of the whole weekend, which sadly you didn't get to be a part of was we went to a, just a random sports bar on Sunday for Sunday afternoon football. And it was like, 
I get it. I I mean, up here in Canada, football not the biggest thing in the world, but being down there, it was it was like going to church, man. It was like <laughs> the people were Damn singing right. the gospel of the Atlanta Falcons and freaking out. It was so much fun. It was so cool to meet y'all. Was there a highlight for you from the weekend? This was two weeks ago now. Yeah. Was there anything that stood out for you? Anything you loved that you want to shout out? I will quickly, when we were at this bar, it was fun. It was cool. It was happening. There was lots of people around. This group of people came up to me <laughs> and were like, hey, can we get? Can you take a picture of us? And I guess they were just a group of people and I was drunk and I was like, sure. Why not? I'll take a picture of you. I even, You know what? I don't even take the take the amount of liquid, the amount of alcohol flowing through my veins out of it. I would have done it completely stone sober. I'm just that kind of guy. I'm Canadian. I'm friendly. I'm not going to turn my back on these people. So I did. And they were like, what's your story? What's going on? And I was like, I'm visiting from Canada. My friends are, you were, I think I was on my way back from the bathroom. You guys were not there for some reason. And they're like, oh, you're from Canada. That's so cool. Do you want a picture? I was like, sure. And then they didn't ask for my phone and proceeded to take photos of me on their phones. And now there's just people roaming about Atlanta, Georgia with photos of me this one night. On <laughs> going from, They'll have those forever, I hope. Maybe they'll frame them in their homes. <laughs> but that was, pretty, that was pretty good. It was a lot of fun. Is there anything, Jack, that stood out to you from the, the uh, escapades that we went on? Um, yeah, I have uh, three standout. And I have to mention all Thomas tearing his leg off. That was pretty good. That was fun. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, Thomas pulled his hamstring, folks. We we got a little aggressive playing. It was bad. Football. It was scary. <laughs> it was a little, yeah. Um, and he was covering me, and so I was still running, and I didn't realize he had fallen to the ground. And then I turn around, and Thomas is just there. Poor guy. Uh, I think he's doing okay now, though. Um, I think the one of the memories that comes up. I mean, I think that whole night at the bar. It was just like when it clicked of like, oh my god, we're like all here right now. Like this is so cool. Like we 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 got into a um a photo booth and took pictures. And I think that was a moment. I was like, man, this is this is freaking amazing. Like it's just so cool. Uh, you mean these photos? This those is, photos. This is an audio podcast. It is an audio podcast. I have had them sitting on my desk since I got back here. I had For them. For some reason, I have three. I have three copies of either We took t- two separate photos. I have three copies of both sets of photos. They're not different. I have like six of these like photo. What do you even call these? These they, there's a pol- word Polaroid things, <laughs> film reels. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but I have six of them and three of e- like. There's only two different oh, sets. Like, of this photos, is what so I don't know what I'm gonna do with them. We were trying to figure out. Me, David, and Thomas were trying to figure out how to work the damn machine, and we clearly ordered too much of something, and that's when you were off getting your picture taken by the strangers. I think that's what oh, it was because <laughs> it was by probably. the photo booth. Um, but so that, I mean, that just sticks out as like a core, that will be a core memory for me moving forward. But there was another incredible memory that Thomas was unfortunately not there for uh, me, David and Klein watching Loki episode five Thursday night, like, m- like 15 minutes after I pulled in Atlanta, like I parked after the long drive and David and Klein met me outside. We went up to David's apartment and we watched Loki and it was so hype. It would have been amazing if it was the finale. It would have been just as cool. But episode five was honestly like a perfect episode to watch of just like, holy shit, 
were back. And it was, it was right when the Variety article dropped that was like Marvel's dead, essentially. And it was like, everything's doomed. Doom? Doom, Klein? That's another. Avengers Doom Dynasty. <laughs> that's a, that's a market down. Uh, franchise. But, um, but yeah, that watching Loki in that episode ending and you, me, and David all like cheering, like, like, straight, like as if we were in a movie oh, theater, yeah. like, end game just ended. We're all going, like, oh my God, no way. We start clapping. I got, I, I had to like, I had to take a walk for a second around the apartment, like, holy shit, what did I just watch? That's the memory that sticks out in my head the most. Yeah, that was pretty special. And then the next morning, I mean, I've been lucky enough to have been invited quite a few times on the direct podcast. Uh, They always ask, or every time they ask, I say yes, because I just, I love hanging out with David and Matt on that show. Amen. Getting the the next morning, getting to sit down with you, David, me, Matt, and like pass David's microphone around (laughs) and do that show live was just so like, it was, it was so cool. I felt bad for Matt who is across the country in San Francisco doing his own thing. But like these three that, that white night dudes was on his so much fun. They're just intimidating. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it was just, it was so much fun that evening because as you said, it had, I mean, this is a star Wars show, but we're, we, we don't hide our Marvel fandom. We, we like all sorts of things. We are, we are platitudes, you know, we have levels. Um, but like being able we contain multitudes. That's what it's going for. I don't think we're platitudes. It all I don't works. know what that means. It's, it's Maybe okay. we are platitudes. I don't know. It's been a week. But like getting to having coming into that and being like, man, the MCU is quote unquote dead. There's all this reporting coming out. The Marvels was about to come out and things were not looking good. It was like, oh my God. And me, you guys are really into Loki. I've, I would I liked Loki up to that point, but it was those last two episodes that was really was like okay, mm-hmm. like I was wanting to know why we're here and and really making it matter, and those last two episodes really did it. And just like any of you experienced that with you guys, it was like being in the theater for No Way Home. Also, David Thompson, just the I'm gonna say it, the worst person to watch like live television with. <laughs> I, I love having that. a good conversation. We were talking, and I like talking during the show or whatever, but it's also like, okay, like let's watch. David pauses anytime anyone opens their mouth, and so we break into conversation. And so it took us like twice as long as the episode was just to get through the episode. I love you so much, David. Thank you so much for letting me sleep on your couch that one night because I was too afraid to sleep in the Airbnb alone. <laughs> but like I it was it was so much fun. I'll never forget that trip. I hope we can make things happen again soon but it was awesome the the best part of about david pausing was i think at one point i was like hey we should just like get microphones and like just start a podcast of us <laughs> watching this <laughs> or get like a live stream going because we were having like full in-depth conversations about what was happening we were like three minutes into the episode it was incredible and by the way we watched the echo trailer after we hopped off that podcast with uh david and matt and that was also an experience because it was like, oh my God, where did this come from? TVMA, Wilson Fisk, Daredevil, Echo, let's go. I'm excited for that show as well. But not connected to the greater MCU. But no, no, so You can Spotlight. enjoy this one. <laughs> okay, that is going to do it. Let's get into the Rebel Report. We have a f- just a little bit of news, so we'll jump right into it. Here we go. Okay, 
Jack, this is usually where you take over, but there's not like, we don't have a traditional news segment here. We just have a couple headlines that we can get through and we'll tie in some other stories that we've had in our kind of ROM flagship topic. How do I forget that every single time? I just said it five minutes ago. Exactly. It is. That is how you kill me. Um, the flagship topic. Uh, here we go. So first headline, the biggest headline, and we would be remiss if we did not mention it. Today's Life Day. So happy Life Day. No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. The SAG strike is over. It is done. A tentative deal has been reached. The SAG membership still technically has to vote on it, but things are moving back into production. It is going to pass. It is just waiting to be ratified. The leadership has gotten this deal. They seem to, they are considering it a win, but no union in their right mind is going to come out and say, no, we lost this one. (laughs) Darn. Sorry, guys. So Jack will jump right to you. This means that things can start moving again. The writer's strike ended about a month ago at this point actors back that means we are going to start to hear more and more about just about everything in hollywood but specifically star wars things will be thawing de-icing the pause button will be unpaused and we can start moving forward with instead of just sitting and waiting like we have been since july i think it was 118 days or something like that so what are your thoughts now that the strike is done obviously and then how do you feel this plays into the greater kind of star wars conversation well let me just say Congrats to SAG and the actors. To our understanding, they're getting what they want. Like you said, they won. We'll just put that in quotes because I I haven't looked at like all the details of the deal. I know they're out there. At least some of the details are out there. Um, But it's it's just awesome news in general uh, for the actors. And of course, the writers uh, strike ended. What was it? Uh, October? Was it? Yeah, early October. Yeah. Like the first or second week of October. Yeah. There's... Uh, like a lot of the writers rooms for things reopened. I think October 6th was the date I was looking at the other day. So it would have been right around there really early. Yeah. And look, this is massive because if it didn't get done, give you a little insight here into the corporate world. Cause at the end of the day, these are these studios, they're businesses. I work for a massive company. Once they chill. (laughs) I know I'm, I'm the worst. Hey, I take their money though. Um, (laughs) I think anybody would, um, once Thanksgiving hits, it's holiday season in the corporate world. It's and, over. And, and honestly, it's that way in a lot of places. But like this is my now that I'm like a full time employee working, like I really notice it. Like, I mean, people like, yeah, there's a couple. I mean, there's a whole month in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But like, I mean, people are just like, eh, you know, let's, let's wait till 20, January 2024, you know. And so if this strike for if, if this actor strike didn't end before thanksgiving it was going to 2024 which would have been horrible i mean you think about the actors who can't do anything they can't make money they they can't make a living i mean all the people who probably you know literally lost their homes had had to move out of california out of hollywood i mean it it was definitely a a huge ordeal so just the fact that this is done i I, you know it was it was definitely a struggle i think klein you said it was like 118 days that's insane um but happy it's over um and it's God, it's great to get news again. We've gotten so much, whether it be Marvel news or just entertainment news as a whole. It, it's just, it's great to see that in like <laughs> the industry was always there. And like, there were definitely things happening that couldn't come out uh, or, or things that like, you know, reporters, scoopers like had that they couldn't say. 
um, or just things that were were like frozen because they they couldn't negotiate, they can't do it, couldn't do anything else because of the strike, and all of that's just starting to come out. I mean, this week at work, it's like I I would put my phone down and get some work done, and then it just like buzz, 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 buzz. I, like all this stuff was happening, um, and it just it feels good. It feels like we're kind of back to nor- back to normal, back in the swing of things. Um, at, we, we've kind of mentioned it tons of Marvel news and that kind of leads me to my star Wars thoughts here of like, I'm happy there's been a bunch of like Ahsoka, like behind the scenes stuff that's been shared by all the actors, which has been awesome yeah, because a lot of these, uh, I mean, that's one of the biggest things coming out of this is we had a star Wars series, right. Um, come out during this strike and these people, they couldn't, couldn't, they talk couldn't about promote it. it. They couldn't celebrate that they, have gotten to do this thing. I mean, not Star Wars related, but I was just looking um, the other day that the One Piece live action series, which just came out, mm-hmm. which was great and people loved it. But those actors who a lot of them were big fans of these characters before they did that show are now like getting this whole second wind because they weren't allowed to talk about being in their dream project when it came out. And you're seeing that with Ahsoka. I mean, Ariana Greenblatt posting photos of her and Rosario Dawson, Rosario Dawson posting things. And we're getting some kind of, behind the scenes looks at the series because these actors are finally like, guess what? Like I did a really cool thing. Being in star Wars is really cool. And now I can celebrate that. Now I can actually talk about it without um, uh, breaking strike rules or, or uh, walk crossing a picket line or whatever. Like that is awesome. And I'm so happy. And I've seen some tweets go around where people are like, why are all these actors? Like, I don't know, like you guys, your show came out three months ago. It doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) Moment in the sun. I am never, ever, if Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling want to go on a Barbie press tour starting today, they are allowed to brag about being in that movie till the end of time because of what, because they weren't, they weren't allowed to talk about it. Same with these Ahsoka actors, Mm -hmm. creatives, who is supporting the actors in their job action. And I guess the writers too. Like they are allowed to sing about the the the, um, the amazing things that they did for as long as they want to right now because they didn't get a chance to it and I, it is very cool to see them come out of the woodwork and start to like be like guys I did it like I was in a Star War it is it's amazing I love every second of it I will say though just as a fan it does it does make me a little sad because I'm like man what if like what if these strikes didn't happen or like what got resolved if? so like in a much more at a much more quicker pace and they could have promoted it like especially Ahsoka I'm definitely I we said it on like our recap show I'm the most down on that show in terms of like how I felt about it critically speaking than everyone else on this show mm-hmm. on this podcast um but I feel like God, it would have been it would have been awesome if they could have promoted it, you know, when the show was coming out. And I think it just reminded me like how much I've really missed Star Wars and how much of Star Wars isn't just a show coming out. And, and I mean that, that doesn't just go for Star Wars; it goes for everything. But like how much I've missed these people giving interviews and, and seeing behind the scenes stuff come out as a show is coming out or as a movie's coming out. By the way, I saw a funny meme of. Um, Oh my god, I'm blanking. How how am I blanking on his name? Uh, Killian Murphy, um, of like it, like his reaction to the fact that he now has to promote himself for like the Oscars campaign for Oppenheimer. And it was like it was uh, it was something from Oppenheimer where he's like looking like really stressed out and whatever. It's like it's so true because he 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 doesn't hate the press, but he's just always there. He's such a more like laid back guy than I feel like most people in Hollywood are. Um, and that's exciting too. It's my favorite movie of the year, by the way. And 
the fact that I've seen a lot more come out about that movie too in the last couple of weeks. Um, in terms of stuff getting into production though, I mean, we'll kind of talk about this later. I don't know exactly where every Star Wars project stands in terms of where they're at in terms of like, is it production, post-production? We do know that Mando season four is apparently ramping up for season four production, which is cool. Um, but outside of that, I feel like I'm just, I'm just kind of waiting now for a timeline of where Star Wars is seeing these, where we're going to see these projects come out. Like what are, how many are we going to get? How many are we going to get in 2024? Are we going to like start to spread these out? Like Bob Iger's clearly had a prerogative to do with Marvel as of late. Are, are they going to spread these out? Is it is stuff going to get shifted to 2025? I feel like we haven't gotten a ton of news about that for Star Wars. And Klein, you're much more up to date on this stuff than I am because you write about this stuff for a living. So please keep me in check. But um, again, there's been tons of Marvel news and I'm just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop for Star Wars. Yeah, I think right now, as it stands, the only real major update um, coming out of this is that the stuff that was in production can move, like can continue on. So right. that that's Acolyte, I think, is the only real thing. I think so. That yeah. was in the middle of production, and or season two. I think it was done. No, no, no that, that's no. a good call. No, they it were wasn't in production. because it was going to move ahead without writers, and then Tony Gilroy was like, ah, ah, ah. And then the actors obviously shut that down. So Andor season two will get to pick back up again yes. and 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 start. And then it's the other things that were just kind of sitting waiting. So Mandalorian season four was maybe potentially going to start filming this fall. That's obviously not going to happen now. But as is the case with every studio right now, Mandalorian season four will be a priority for Disney. Like they are mm -hmm. going to fast track getting that thing in front of cameras because that was initially what the schedule was supposed to be. It was supposed to be in production now what that means for other things like movies and stuff like that i don't know um it just means that everything in hollywood and entertainment will get bumped in some way or another because of the job action that we just saw like it's any release date that was potentially thought about is probably going to have to get shuffled shuffled down because everything we, we just saw it in the marvel side like this delay this work stoppage that happened kind of pushed everyone down the road just a little bit and stuff that was in the middle of production now isn't done when it needs to be done and so like things like deadpool get moved and miss a release date and then that bumps everything down the line and yeah we're talking about marvel on a star Wars show, but it's, it's under the same umbrella. Those bumps could affect because the way that quarters work and financial years and when things are going to hit and this and this and this, like that will likely have some effect on the star Wars side as well as Disney kind of has like a, a sheet of release dates that yeah, they're under different umbrellas. They kind of, they, things can get moved in and out, like in and out from a, like a, a Marvel release date moving into a Star Wars thing and then that moving down the line. So like everything's getting get bumped. Everything is going to have be affected in some sort of way. Absolutely. Just because development couldn't happen. Writing couldn't happen. Filming couldn't happen. Post-production could. It happen. could. And so like, uh, that's kind of where I was going to jump in here. So I mean, with Mando 4, you know, like you said, supposed to film this fall. And especially because Thanksgiving is next week. 
they're just going to probably push that. I would imagine January 24, maybe early February is like, okay, go time. Um, but skeleton crew, Thankfully they don't need Pedro because he's got oh, a whole bunch on. of other stuff. Talk about That's, Marvel news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and, and like he, like he's in the last of us and that's yep. going to start filming in January. Uh, he's thankfully he can, they've been doing it without him for a while. Yeah. And so we didn't see his face <laughs> once in Mando three. He'll be I, in the movie. I'm sure. <sighs> yeah. Oh, don't get me started on Mando 3. We, we will get there today. Trust me. Um, but Skeleton Crew has been in post-production. So to my understanding... It was rumored for Christmas time. Exactly. Like it was supposed to come out when Christmas we time. thought we were going to get it. Right. So I wonder... That's just one of the ones where they've, they've probably been able to work on it a decent amount during these strikes. Probably less than they typically would, but still... Um, I like that's the type of one where it's like I wonder how far they push it out in terms of the release. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be Christmas time, but do does that go to spring? Do they wait till summer? I think the acolyte maybe they had like some more reshoots to do, but for the most part, I think a lot of it was filmed. Sure, they were able to work on that as well. How far did they push that out? And the fact that we're not getting a ton of Marvel projects, both in movies and tv shows next year disney plus needs something <laughs> they, they they need something because they don't have a ton outside of those two brands that keep people coming back or at least a majority of people um so i, I am percy jackson baby oh well, well one. <laughs> now they have percy jackson which it, let's start a podcast on that because hell yeah um but they, they need they have percy jackson yeah in december going into january um and then outside of that, it's like they're probably going to lean on those Star Wars series for what they have for 2024 until 2025. And Marvel kind of makes it a little bit bigger of a comeback uh, that year. I think that's enough strike talk. Yes. And we don't want to stomp too much on our toes uh, for what we're going to get into in a little bit. So we'll move to the next news story. This can be very quick because you obviously not a big video game guy, but we did get some Star Wars video game news literally today. So I don't know if it's worth the breaking news clacks on. It's not really breaking news. It, it did happen a few hours ago, but there's been like questions about the um, Knights of the Old Republic remake for quite some time. This is... I was telling you off air before we get on here, this is to a lot of people, the Star Wars video game. It is the definitive Star Wars role-playing experience. It came out in the early 2000s, developed by BioWare, one of the greatest RPG studios of all time. You know them from Mass Effect. You know them, sadly, from Anthem, which we won't get into that right now. But this remake was announced for the PS5 about a year ago, coming from um, initially was, I think, Aspire was the development team. Uh, but it is there it being published by um, Embracer Group, which is a video game group that you'll love this being a finance guy, Jack. There was this video game publisher years ago called THQ, and it failed. It went bankrupt and disappeared. And then slowly, this group emerged out of nowhere and just started buying everything up that had to do with THQ, everything. And you know what they did? They called themselves THQ Nordic. And everyone's like, that's weird. That's kind of funny. Why would you take this dead name? And they spent money, lots of it. And then they changed their name to Embracer Group a couple of years ago. And they continued to buy and buy and buy and buy and buy. 
And then in June, it came out and they bought teams like uh, Crystal Dynamics, who you might know, Jack, from the Avengers game, which came out a couple of years ago, and the modern Tomb Raider games. Like they're a, a, a beloved team. Say what you will about Avengers, Avengers aside. Those Tomb Raider games they made are incredible. They, include, they bought them. They bought all these people. And then in June, they were like, hey, we're closing a bunch of these studios down. They hadn't released a whole bunch of stuff, really. It's just been like eight years of them just buying things. <laughs> We're closing down a bunch of these studios because we had a multi-billion dollar deal set up to sell, to be invested by the Saudi royal family. Oh, boy. And it fell through. Oh, boy. So that has been on the back burner. That One of the games that a Embracer team is working on is this Knights of the Old Republic remake, which about a year ago had some issues where it's apparently reportedly switched developers mid development because there were some, it was not going well. Things were not working with the team that was um, working on the game at the time. And there were some toxic workplace allegations going about that team. Not much has been heard since then until today. And yesterday Embracer had a financial call. CEO was asked about it and he said, no comment. Basically he didn't have anything to say. I'm reading this from GameSpot because we cite our sources here. Embracer Group's troubled Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake is reportedly no longer in active development, according to GameSpot's sister site, Giant Bomb's Jeff Grubb. Jeff Grubb, an insider in the video game industry, very reliable. He has an incredible hit record. So this is probably true. In the latest episode of Grubb's video game news show, Games Mess Morning, Grubb definitively stated that the Knights of the Old Republic remake once being handed by de- or handled by developer Aspire Media, but later announced to be a co-project between it and Saber Interactive, is not being worked on right now. Quote, the game is not being worked on right now. Full stop, Grub said. The game is not being worked on in any way at any studio. So it's dead. It is very sad. A lot of people were very excited for the idea of a Knights of the Old Republic remake. It sucks. This is like just plain and simple. It sucks. I want a Knights of the Old Republic remake. I don't know if you have any sort of connection. It's where Darth Revan is from. Yeah, yeah. I I know a a decent amount about the game. I feel like some of what I know has like I get confused. Like what I know, like the stuff I know. What game does it go to? Because these video games just all kind of joined together in my head but yeah i know revan's from that and i know it was like a huge deal when it came out people have been clamoring for them to make like a live action movie around this and then when disney plus became a thing make a show about it all hey it's on the we have there the old republic when they redid their timeline at star wars celebration it's there not the game but the old republic is an era and it's the only one with nothing in it they're gonna do something eventually in there um there's so much to explore like from what i know about the old republic it's like this is where you can explore um a time of the sith before the rule of two and in like these massive jedi versus sith armies and wars and i mean it, it tons of stuff as well uh beyond that but um correct me if i'm wrong klein are all those like cinematic trailers that would come out are those related to the old republic you know those like star wars there's like different sith involved and then there's one with yeah. like these twin brothers so, and stuff those are for kind of a, a 
a Knights of the Old Republic adjacent game. I'm not. Okay. I think it actually takes place technically before it in the timeline, but there was an MMO, uh, uh, like a World of Warcraft online ah. massive multiplayer game called Star Wars: The Old Republic. Okay. okay. And and it takes place in this universe. It's a Star Wars universe, but in this kind of canon of the knights of the old republic and and there are connections but yeah you're talking about those amazing like highly detailed cg trailers and stuff that uh i think at the time there was a cg group i forget the name of it but they were bought by uh, they did a lot of work as well with uh, the halo series back in the day Mm. and uh world of warcraft and they do a lot of they were eventually bought um by blizzard entertainment who owns world of warcraft and stuff like that so I think it's I think it's that same team, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Those trailers are so cool. It's incredible. I'd love a Amazing. it'd be so incredibly expensive, but I'd love a full <laughs> movie that looks like that. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's where I get confused of like I've seen things labeled the old republic, and then there was Knights of the Old Republic. And that's where I would always get confused. Even back when I was like 15, of like, I don't understand any of this video game shit. <laughs> It's so funny that you're not a gamer, but like back to like Knights of the Old Republic and this remake, and then we can move on. I just quickly want to say it sucks. Um, I a lot of people had hope that this was going to be the the Knights of the Old Republic remake that they've dreamed of. What I will say though is this might be a blessing in disguise. Um, from the very beginning, I've thought, yes, that trailer looked impressive, but it, it wasn't the game. It was just a a video of Revan. Aspire Media before this had only ever done um, ports of like Knights of the Old Republic. They've made a version of it for the iPhone. Um, They've only ever done that sort of thing and bringing these older Star Wars games to phones and other consoles. The dream Knights of the Old Republic remake that people were envisioning in their head is not, I think, maybe I'm wrong, what Aspire as a studio was capable of doing. So what I'm saying is if it's going to happen, if they, they will make a Knights of the Old Republic remake at some point, they have to just because it is such a huge name. And a, for people wanting a full from the ground up modernization of this game, Aspire's not the thing, the studio Aspire, I don't think are the people to do it. They need to give it to somebody like a blue point games who's done some amazing remakes in the past even though they're owned by playstation now or or give it to obsidian who made knights of the old republic 2 is owned by xbox right now or you know what maybe even bioware does it the original developers of the game just i just don't think that aspire as a team was ever capable of delivering what people um wanted from this being a full like modernization in people's minds and maybe changing it from this kind of slower turn-based game to more of a hack and like not hack and slash but more of an action heavy modern rpg this might be a blessing in disguise we may have dodged a bullet here that's all i'll say on that it's we'll never know obviously but it's here we are yeah here we are i will also say like for me i know i'm not a gamer so i don't care that much but I feel like at this point, it's like, you know what? You had the game back in the day. Yes, I agree. They will make a remake at some point. But you had the game from back in the day. Let's like translate it into a movie or show. Like, like that's what I'm waiting for. Like, when, when the news came out about the remake, I know everyone was excited. But I remember hearing a lot of people being like, okay, cool. But, like, can, can we use that as a way to get the movies on track or, or get, you know, kind of figure something out, do something different with Disney Plus? 
And I, that's kind of where I am at with it. I mean, maybe if they do ever make a remake, maybe that'd be like the first, it's not the first Star Wars game I would play, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll kind of dust off the old It'll Xbox 360. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for this week's Rebel Report. As I hinted earlier or alluded to, we cite our sources here. As always, don't forget to cite your sources in everything that you are doing. Today's stories were from GameSpot.com. And then the SAG strike one was just me, just rambling. It's jazz. Klein, here, so, you know, Klein is the source. Here we are. I am the source. You can source me on that one. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get into our hype check of the Star Wars slate. But first, we will jump into a listener question that will lead us right into that. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. You heard our wonderful ads, maybe, hopefully. I don't know. We'll see how this goes in editing. (laughs) Um, Let's jump into, we have a listener question, Jack, and then we'll get into our flagship topic but the listener question perfectly segues into what we're going to be talking about so this comes from Noe ruiz a recurring character on the show he's been around love the guy we've mentioned his name quite a few times he sent a dm to good old thomas carter rochester not to me not to you i see who your favorite reckless rebellion (laughs) host is no way it's fine he says is Disney more worried about their Disney Plus Star Wars shows right now, or are they afraid to put another movie out until it's the perfect one because of all the hate that not just Star Wars has been getting? Basically, franchise entertainment as a whole has been getting, but Star Wars specifically. It is a fascinating question, Jack, as we head into this uncertain period. We are getting more certainty in other aspects of Disney's business. They're announcing Frozen 4 was mentioned the other day, and Frozen 3 hasn't even gone into production yet. (laughs) We know nothing about the Star Wars slate, really. We have no release dates. We have no, I don't know, idea of when things are coming in what order. All we really know right now, there's a couple movies being worked on. There's some movies that may or may not be being worked on. And then there's the TV shows that all we know is Skeleton Crew's next. Yeah. And that is about it. What do you think about this question from Noe? Is Disney more worried about these Disney Plus shows? Like, are they focused on that right now? Or are they actually gun shy? Are they actually scared to put a movie out? And why? Um, I agree with Thomas's response that is in the screenshot, which is, I think both, it is an amazing question. I definitely think the, the biggest concern for Lucasfilm right now is getting that perfect movie, which is never going to happen. You're never like, and I, they understand that they're filmmakers, they're producers. They know, they know what it's what art is if nothing's ever going to be perfect you've talked about that before klein not like that not, nothing's perfect so just give it the five stars nothing's anyway perfect. um except for your smile jack oh thanks klein um i don't even know how to continue this show now because that was just such a nice compliment um i definitely think that's their biggest concern they're worried about that i think they're they're more worried about that than anything going on with their disney plus shows though mando season three and kind of Ahsoka, not to the same, not 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 to the same extreme as maybe Mando season. Three. I'll follow you down this road. But I they I think I know where you're going, and I kind of agree. Yeah, they they, they were divisive. Like it they, they wasn't they weren't the slam. Dunk. Mando season three was not the slam dunk that Mando season one and season two were. And 
when when you go two for two slam dunks on the first two seasons, you you want at that point you want it for every season. I mean, you want that for every show and every movie, of course. But like you're expecting it at that point for for Mando to continue that success. And then you have Ahsoka, which is like okay, this is Dave Filoni. People have been clamoring for this. This is the follow up to Star Wars Rebels. This is a huge deal. This could be like like what Andor kind of became, you know, I mean, they had the Mandalorian, which is like the flagship Disney plus show because it was the first one It came. I mean, it came out the day Disney plus launched, but then Andor comes along and kind of takes over Mando's throne, if you will, in terms of just great television quality as like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And in some sense, I, I mean, I was kind of expecting Ahsoka to be like, it could do that. I mean, I never expected it to quite reach like the Andor level of drama, but in terms of just pure star Wars is like, this could be it. And while it had its amazing, spectacular, stellar, every awesome adjective you can think of, just like the word awesome that I just said, you could throw in there. It had its amazing moments that just like surpassed any expectation I had. But on the whole, I'm just kind of like, eh, all right. And so they're at an interesting spot with their Disney Plus shows where, and we'll get more into it in this hype check, but I, I think they're excited for what kind of slate they have with their shows. I like, I, I do think they believe in those shows in, in terms of the quality and, and, and the success they can have. But I think Disney Plus is, Star Wars Disney Plus has been kind of put on notice a little bit of like hey we we need some wins here we, we need something that's just like everyone's kind of clamoring about this doesn't need to be the success of mando one or two or and or but just, just something where it's like overall it's like man that was great that was great star wars could that happen in 2024 we don't know with the movies though it's a mess dude like yeah they, it was so hype when they announced it at star wars celebration of the three movies i'm still hyped about all of them in some way but when i think about them that wasn't that long ago it, it wasn't and like, here's the thing client when i think about them individually i'm like yeah hell yeah let's go like i i get pumped about it but when i just think about the overall star wars movie slate and plan i'm just like i don't like what are we doing i don't know and it's it's harder now because the strikes you mentioned it the strikes and every, the timeline the release dates are all up in the air we don't know what the hell's going on so i think star wars is just kind of at a point of they're figuring their shit out right now. They've probably been figuring shit out during the strikes of like, okay, we need to adjust here, adjust there, figure out an overall plan. I hope that's the case, but I really don't know. Okay. I've, you said a lot of things. I know. I'm you, sorry. You, I, ha- I have a lot of pent is, up. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> fine. It ha- We haven't, we've talked about the future of Star Wars quite a bit on the show. We haven't talked about it in a while. We definitely haven't talked about it since the strikes really started because we haven't been able to. The things have been paused. Um, what I will, what I will put out there, what I will say is right now for me, who's a fan of a lot of things and movies in general, entertainment pop culture i love this stuff i live and breathe it i sit here at my keyboard and type about it all day long every day and sometimes get in front of a microphone and i don't know why people listen but they do (laughs) what i will what i will say is of disney's business which includes their own movies which includes marvel star wars for me is the most interesting aspect of the disney business 
going forward right now and not interesting from a I am interested in what you were putting out. I'm just fascinated with what the plan is because we have seen since Bob Iger took over and really in the last couple of months and right before the strike, Bob Iger is about IP that work. He is about names. He is about proven commodities. If you listen to the latest episode of Cinema Spending with our good friend David Thompson, he talks about the future of the MCU. And he talks about how going forward, coming off the Marvels, Bob Iger and this whole Disney team in the MCU is going to be very, very focused on proven names, the things that sell something that sells and i would say jack is going through a bit of a renaissance right now in every aspect except for the movies and tv is star wars think about what star wars has done for disney parks in the last couple of years people never stopped going to disney parks i was just at disneyland and star wars land galaxy's edge whatever you want to call it is the highlight of that whole thing you go to disney world it's the same thing they're building and building and building upon this thing they have to do something with the IP. They can't just turn it off. It's not like Indiana Jones, let's say, where they were like, you know what? We did one more and we're done. Or Willow, where we did the Disney Plus series. It didn't really work. Yeah, they deleted off the off the whole thing, which is fucking shady Jerks. as hell. I hate that. <laughs> but they're like, Lucasfilm is only going to do Star Wars. So the blank, the blank canvas that as me as a is a a third-party observer sees for Star Wars going forward is fascinating to me because I don't know their plans. I don't know what they're going to do next. And I think that could be a really good thing. It could also mean that they have no idea what they're, they have no idea what they're going to do. Something I will put out there, and we've talked about the strikes today and work strikes are great. Um, I am a pro, I am pro the workforce i'm pro the little guy these corporations are out to get you they're going to cut corners whenever they can so get the money while you can get it here here but i think that one of the best things that could have happened for disney in the state of star wars that it's in is something like the strikes because from a corporate top level perspective they could they had time this pause Hopefully, and we're seeing it maybe with the Marvel stuff as well on the Disney side. This pause kind of let them sit back and line their ducks up in a row, hopefully. And may, and who knows if we'll ever get it, but maybe, possibly, hopefully, it meant that Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy and all these high-ranking officials, these, these creatives that aren't writers or actors because they were striking, could sit down and at least like really flesh out the plan and, and really start to paint the picture so that one day that blank canvas for me from the outside can be filled in. It's there. As I said, they're not just going to end star Wars. It, it, it's not, it's not just going to be over because the investment of Disneyland and, and all these places, but going forward, you said, Jack, that these three movies, this plan is is scary to you. Or not scary, but you don't see what is the plan. They're just going to be three great movies, hopefully. Yeah. But how they're they're separate. Where where's the I? Where's the? I don't know. What's what's the PowerPoint presentation look like that gets us to those movies? Like why why these three? And what's the problem? I have a feeling that Bob Iger just gonna Bob Iger. For better, for worse, and we're going to get 
a lot like we're things are going there's not gonna be gonna be no more wishy-washy star wars just like projects in the ether it is going to be this is what we are doing this is what we're making we're going to do this we're he is turning the people and pointing them in direction and saying go do the thing um instead of this taika waititi is doing a star wars movie cool is, is he still <laughs> who knows <laughs> like um like that's where my head is at on the whole thing it's fascinating I think that honestly, the Disney Plus stuff is just Disney like biding time. And I hate to say that because some of these series have been really good, but Star Wars is a movie franchise and it needs to come back and it needs to be good because if it doesn't, that's that's not good. That's bad. That's, that's very bad. Which is not which is another <laughs> word for not good. <laughs> um, um yeah, I don't know. I- I just want to, again, you said a lot of stuff. I love these conversations. I love this question. Thank you so much, Noe. Um, Going off of what you said about Bob Iger, I feel like the reason we're seeing so much Marvel news right now is because when he came back in, I feel like when he came back as CEO, Marvel wasn't even, like, like we're at rock bottom of Marvel right now, of the MCU. Like in, in just in terms of the Marvels, say, yeah. Uh, say what you will about the Marvels, we both liked it. It was, I would say, it was a fun time yeah, of the movies. I'd say it's fine. The Marvels is because we've talked about it many times. The entertainment business is a marriage of creativity and business yep. and and commerce. The Marvels is rock bottom for the MCU. Yep. Like the Secret Invasion might be the rock bottom creatively. From a financial standpoint, the Marvels is they they will not let that happen again. It is it. For, it might happen, but they will not let it from their standpoint. Yeah. So like, yeah, it is. It's, it's dire on that front, but you can only right. go up from the bottom. And it's funny to think about that with Marvel because it <laughs> there was a funny TikTok of like like with quantum mania oh marvel's dead and then guardians oh we're so back and then secret invasion oh marvel's dead and then uh, what was the next one where everyone's like oh we're so back i forget what it was i forget the order of all this stuff but and it just speaks to marvel's track record back it's like we're just used to them knocking out of the park with everything um but going off of that even when he came back even though it was a year ago i think it was like it was still Marvel was in a rocky place. Almost exactly, it was almost exactly years. This okay. week was a year. Okay, that's uh, that's what I thought. Um, Marvel was in a rocky place, and I think when he first came back, like I put a tweet out saying, like, I think Iger's he wants to right the wrongs of like where he left Star Wars when he initially left as CEO, because um, he admitted his mistake with Solo, um, and and then even after Rise of Skywalker, I don't think he really put much of a focus on setting disney or star wars down a plan or lucasfilm setting a plan for lucasfilm down the line for star wars and setting them up for success beyond the mandalorian um i guess you could include obi-wan but it just it it hasn't worked out the way they hoped but with marvel like marvel's the golden child for disney like like that is the the supreme premiere like that is the golden child money maker solidified book it and the fact that he came back and it was on such rocky ground and we've seen that ground kind of fall out from under them this year i think he really 
put an emphasis on like, okay, we got to get them back on track. Not saying that he like, you know, when he came back, he's like, okay, I'm only going to focus on Marvel and I'll get to star Wars later. But like, I think there was more of an emphasis of like, we got to, and it's probably a bit of an easier fix with Marvel be like, okay, we can write this ship. Like, let's figure this out. And then yeah, we've, we've done it before. Exactly. Exactly. So, and like you said, with the strike coming in, I think it was perfect timing. They were probably figuring their Marvel stuff out, get, getting their ducks in a row there. And then the strike is a perfect opportunity to kind of do that across the entire landscape of Disney, specifically with these IPs and franchises. So that Iger wants to lean on so much. So I, I, I kind of think that's in terms of the business, like that's kind of how it went. And by the way, from the corporate level that you were talking about, like in a lot of ways, these businesses, these studios, they wanted these strikes to happen Less so, honestly, because, I mean, they, they certainly did not agree to all the demands by the writers and the actors, but they wanted it to happen just from a standpoint of they can get their ducks in a row. They can cut costs. We can cut this out. I mean, you kind of saw Warner Brothers do it. Um, we can cut this. We can cut that. We can figure out what here, figure out what we're doing there. Like, that's what a lot of, I think, initially the strike was about for them. And then it's like, oh, yeah, then we'll deal with, you know, the actors and writers demands, you know, cause uh, you know, they, they, they care, but they don't care the studios. I mean, they don't have, they don't have a studio without the writers or the actors, but you know, whatever that's, that's, that's kind of the, uh, the strikes were very confusing. The studios are very confusing. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, I think we'll start to see more of a defined, roadmap for Star Wars. They kind of started it with this timeline and having these different buckets and eras for them to put projects in. Now they just need to capitalize on that. And it might be a Marvel situation where we keep seeing all these changes happen, but everyone's been saying it's going to take a while for those changes to actually, for us to actually see the results of those changes. Star Wars, I think they're in the middle of figuring out those changes, but we're going to have to get through a lot of, and not saying these projects are going to be bad, but we're going to have to get through a lot of Disney plus. I don't want to say slog because it kind of makes it sound like they'll be bad, but you know what I mean? Like we're going to have to get through a lot of projects before we get to It'll see It'll still change. be a while before we get a, a big like epic star Wars movie again is what right. you're saying. Essentially on that, okay. on that topic, Klein. <laughs> thank you. So thank you so much for sending in the question, Noah. You can send your questions over at Reckless Rebels on Twitter, and we will most likely have deep dive conversations like that here on the podcast. But our flagship topic was not that. We are going to do a bit of a post-strike hype check. Yes, we are stealing this idea directly from the direct podcast, but we're going to do it better because it's post <laughs> Yeah, Thomas, okay. that traitor, he was the one who was on that, that episode with them. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, well, we're going to do it. And how this is going to work is I've devised a bit of a system for us. We're going to go through each of the projects that kind of Disney has on the slate for Star Wars at the moment. Some things eh, are on the slate. <laughs> Other things are 100% on the slate. And we're just going to check now that the strike is over and now that things are moving, where our heads are at headed into these things next year, in the coming years, maybe a decade from now, maybe possibly never with some of these. And how it's going to work, Jack, is we have a scale here that is scientifically proven to be the best review scale, be the best scale of feeling on the internet. And that's the Bad Batcher scale, five Bad Batchers. So <laughs> let's go. we're going to judge each of these things based on a, our level of hype on how many Bad Batchers out of five we're kind of feeling about that particular thing. Does that make sense to you? A hundred percent. 
cool. So first, we will start with the thing that is most incoming, most imminent. We still have not seen like a trailer from this, unless you were on some shady parts of Reddit back at Star Wars Celebration when the trailer leaked. But Skeleton Crew, starring Jude Law, yes, uh, described as Stranger Things in space, suburban Star Wars, a fun thing that will play into the Manover somehow. And it was supposed to maybe come this Christmas, but it won't. Uh, it'll very likely be, I guess, sometime in 2024, hopefully early next year. Jack, out of five Bad Batchers, kick us off, and then we can kind of get into your thoughts on Skeleton Crew as we head towards it. Where are you at? What's your hype at for this? I'm at a solid 3.5 out of five Bad Batchers. Three and um, a half. Yeah. That is exactly what I am as well. Let's go. All right. Well, because I, I was on those shady parts of Reddit and yeah, no, I guess it was just Reddit. I was going to say TikTok. I, I felt like I saw something with Skeleton Crew on TikTok recently. Maybe I did. LinkedIn. Maybe. Yeah, maybe LinkedIn. Getting all the leaks yeah. over there. <laughs> um, sure. I, maybe, that might be an idea, Klein. Maybe I become. Start, maybe I'm going to be the LinkedIn, LinkedIn scooper. <laughs> is who I will be. I will be the Daniel RPK for the corporate world. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, so like, can I have toast uh, with a suit and tie? Oh, on, stop you know? it! Stop. <laughs> god. <laughs> What's the other one? My time. Hello. <laughs> my time to shine. Yeah, my time to shine. There you go. Who wears loafers? Is what I will be. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, skeleton crew. What I saw on those shady parts of Reddit, I liked a lot. I love Jude Law. I love Jude Law. He's he's the reason why I like Captain Marvel as much as I do. I don't like love that movie or anything, but I I've been thinking about it because the Marvels came out. I'm like, man, I love Jude Law. I love and I hate those Fantastic Beast movies, but God, he's great as Dumbledore. He's great as Dumbledore. Um, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to Star Wars. Um, I would just say my biggest concern. Oh, I'm also excited about the um, connections, potential connections to the Mandoverse. Uh, we have no idea how it's going to fit in, at least at the moment. We have like one little snippet of an idea, but that's about it. Um, the Honestly, the biggest thing I'm nervous about is <laughs> that this is a Mandoverse slash Favreau slash Filoni project, as well as John Watts. So that, that gives me some hope. But it's it's the production, it's the volume, it's it's the way they film these things. I really thought Ahsoka was going to break that mold and kind of bring us back to Mando season one feeling of production, and it it was not the case. It again had its moments of epicness, but for the most part, it's like oh my god, this looks so stale. This is such a set. This is such a volume. It's just it's blech. And so I, I I'm hoping that the fact that they got John Watts is like he's like a co-creator on this series like this a lot of not a lot of this but a decent amount of it is his idea um i i kind of i have hope that maybe there are gonna be some changes to the way they film but three and a half that's where i'm at yeah i was um going back and forth between a three and a three and a half for um a lot of the same reasons skeleton crew for me has been a weird one where every time i hear about it every time i read something when i watch that trailer i'm like yeah, right. I'm excited. And then I completely forget it exists. <laughs> Literally. And that's not good. This, to me, when you were talking, has very... And I don't want to disparage this series because we haven't seen it yet, and I'm sure it's going to be fun. But it kind of... It, it's got, like, creature commandos energy to me in the oh, sense that, like, call. this isn't, like, the main course. 
and it doesn't feel like it is going to be the main course and everyone knows it isn't it could be fun but i'm just kind of like i'm sure it'll be fun when it gets here i'm not itching for i'm not mm-hmm. like oh my god i can't wait to see what skeleton crew but every time i like john watts i love those spider-man movies <sighs> sure like let's go jude law is great stranger things in space is awesome the big thing the big drawback for me honestly is the mandoverse connection because mm-hmm. this feels like something that john watts came to the like favreau filoni consortium or whatever and sat they were up on like the big judges tables from loki <laughs> looking down on him and he was like please i have this idea i have a star wars show <laughs> and they were like but how does it tie to mando and he's like well it doesn't but i guess i could figure a way out so i guess so i guess it does um real quick Klein, can i just that, tell you yeah i think i remember an interview with john watts where it was favreau that went up to him on the set of Far from home, maybe it was no way home, but it might have been far from home. Oh, far from home. And, yeah, and, I, know, I know this interview. Yeah, and he was—he's like, "Hey, do you have any Star Wars ideas?" And he, but it's still what you said. He had that idea, and I think that was like, "Well, let's kind of fit that into what we're doing over here." And he's probably like, "And sure. that's a, like, I don't like if it's really loose connections." I the, okay, here's—I don't want to see these kids in the Mando <laughs> movie. I just don't. I would love a season two of Skeleton Crew. I'd love to hang out with these like fun stranger things kids in space i don't need these children in the like i don't need these galaxy altering implications in this series make it a fun kids lost in space with this jedi dude who doesn't know what to do let's just try and get them back home sort of thing that like that's that's all i want trying to jam this like circle skeleton crew into the square mandoverse hole just (laughs) really bugs me out and maybe Maybe, you know, when the series comes out, it doesn't fucking matter the whole Mandoverse connections, <laughs> but that's for me the biggest thing. Like, <laughs> sure, that's fair, totally fair. I think honestly, season one, we assuming there'll be a season two or whatever, I think season one will be that, and it'll just kind of be like a Nick Fury, maybe not like a post credits, but like a you know, mm. maybe more towards the end. It's like, oh, We're putting we, together a team, yeah, we can kind of see where this could go, yeah, yeah. Or Kamala Khan, even. Do they call season two skeleton skeleton crew? Skeleton, skeleton crew? two? <laughs> skeleton I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to the next one because we got a few of these. Next up, we think in the order of release, logically this would be the case, is the Acolyte. Um, I am legally obligated to say this is Thomas Carter's Thomas Carter Rochester's like most anticipated maybe thing ever. So that's there's that. Uh, it doesn't have Thrawn in it, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why he's so excited. This has been pitched as this dark HBO style thing happening before the prequels, end of the High Republic era. We got Daphne Keene in it, who, in my mind, is just eternally like eight years old, like she is in the right. in, uh, Logan. But every time I see photos of her, I'm like, oh, you grew up, like, oh. Because I keep thinking like, oh, the girl from the girl from Logan's gonna be in Star Wars. That's gonna be cool. Like a little kid. No, she's like a full on teenager, or maybe even like a twenty year old. She's at this eighteen point. or so, nineteen. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. Time is a uh, just a ruthless bitch. Time is Loki. Okay. Time is Loki. The acolyte. I'll go first. Um. And then I'll jump to you for yours, and you can share your thoughts. The acolyte for me on a hype scale is probably it's like it like um. I would say like a four. Okay. Four and a half, you know? Okay. Four yeah. and a half. Yeah, get up there. It's it's been it's been 
for me, a trailer is going to go a long way. Absolutely, it's been described as dark. It's been this 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 gritty yin yang potential romance situation. Very like Sith heavy evil dark force story. The word HBO has been thrown around a couple times. Show me what that means, and I would I'll get to a five. I know I will, but right now I'm just kind of like okay, I'm I will believe it when I see it. The Book of Boba Fett was going to be the Godfather of the Star Wars universe. It's just oh, putting that one out there, but um, Fuck, we were so excited. Jack, where are you at on the accolade? I don't feel like I have a lot more to really say on it. Oh man! Uh, but are you excited? Um, I'm at a solid five out of five on this one. Five out of five, bad, bad. Five out of five. Five out of five. Looking at the rest of this list without giving any away, do you think this will be the only five out of five you have today? No. Wow. Yeah, You're very excited for Bad Batch Season 3, aren't you? Uh, very excited. Is Tech dead? We don't know. But no, it's not Tech. Is it Tech? It Tales of the Jedi 2. Going to be 5 out of 5. <laughs> Give me everything. Um, I was also on the shady parts of Reddit for this one. <laughs> and, and so I, I saw mm, some things. I have not seen, I've not seen a look at this. It looks bad fucking ass. Bad fucking ass. Um, I'm now... I'm I'm gonna coin that phrase as as mine now. That's that's my maybe thing. A t-shirt. Well, no, I guess I, I maybe maybe a t-shirt. That'll be our first merch drop. Um, or maybe should, I should stick to uh, I'm the motherfucking fucking one who calls the shots. I think I think that's my thing. We'll, we'll give the bad fucking ass to somebody else. No, your thing, as we've discovered over 95 episodes of the show, is guys, guys, guys. guys. <laughs> I'm the motherfucking fucking one who calls the shots. That's a lot of cussing in the last minute of this show. I I I don't apologize to anyone listening. Um, the acolyte. It looks great. Of course, but I, I've said this a gazillion times over, so I'm just going to say it again and we'll move on. I think, especially because of who is leading this ship and the fact that it's not a Mandoverse project, this could be Andor, but with Jedi and Sith and the Force. And we all know how much I loved Andor, how much everybody loved Andor. I think it could hold the same dramatic weight, but add in my favorite part of Star Wars, which is the Force and lightsabers i i think this thing could blow me away i'm i don't want to say i'm just as excited as thomas because he he's literally said this is the thing he's most excited for like ever which good for him so i don't think i'm at that level but like there's nothing holding me back from the fact that this is a five out of five like i couldn't get more excited about a star wars television series so i'll leave it there is this your most anticipated uh, Star Wars television project? No, and it may be because there's another five out of five coming up here. Right next, what's next? Uh, you want to jump in? You want to <laughs> go down do the it. list? Let's do it. You want to go ahead? It's Andor season Andor season. Two. Yeah, um, production as we talked about was happening right before the strike um, commenced. They took a pause. They'll be getting back to it. Ooh don't really know when it is coming um i'm just gonna you know what let's say fall 2024 that feels right to me maybe yeah yeah does that sound crazy no no I think yeah like is. a similar time to when Andor season one uh came to disney plus tony gilroy working on it gonna be a little bit different going to cover a much greater amount of time in season two i will 
quickly say because I know what your answer is already. I'm a five out of five on this one. Okay. Are you also a five? Out I of am five? also a five out of five. Five, all five bad bashers are there. I might even throw Omega into the mix, but I might be a six out of five. <laughs> it just Andor season one was so good. Um, was so good. We've talked about it here on the show so many times. It was not just great Star Wars television, it was great television. And the only thing that has me a little hesitant is the amount of time that it is gonna cover. Mm. And judging from the kind of segmented three episode chunks that um, that season one was divided up into season one, we, we've sung his praises so many times. What I will say that we have not said a lot is I think it used the TV medium better than just about any of these series. Uh, Star Wars, Marvel, Disney Plus, anything on the platform has done. Um, and these three episode kind of arcs that we got that does make me less nervous about the idea of covering more time because we can do a like here's a three episode thing that happens here gap three episode thing that happens here gap and have it all narratively tied together tony gilroy in my mind can do no wrong the man was a part of the born franchise that's shit sick um <laughs> you can put that on the box <laughs> t-shirt and our season two is and our season two is going to be great um i can't wait i'm so surprised that I'm excited for this series as I am, knowing that Andor dies <laughs> days after season two is going to end. Yeah. So that's really cool. I think you are also very oh, yeah, excited, Jack. Andor season two, say what you will. Uh, I mean, I have full faith because of Andor season one. And look, I'm going to, I'm always going to toot my horn a little bit here. David Thompson called his shot with the core and sweat casting of Superman. I called my shot with you were on level Andor. of Andor. David and I, we were the ones. We yeah. were like the doubters. I don't know. Uh, it just had taken so Sizzle long. Sizzle reel no, number five. <laughs> you want to know what happens, Jack, when you put a cake in the oven and leave it in there for 28 hours? It fire. <laughs> <laughs> like you, your house burns down. So I was worried that it was going to come out a little overcooked, but. It it, it didn't. It, it did perfect. not. It, it was great. It was quite. It literally perfect. came out of the oven and it was fire. It, it, it was legit fire. Oh, I, I wish my dad listened to this podcast because he's been saying fire a lot to try to get into today's lingo. What? Yeah. Well, he he heard wow. he heard one of my brother in law's friends say it a ton, and now he's like, "Man, that's we've been watching the bear climb. He's watching it for the first time. He's like, oh, oh this is God. fire. He's he's like straight up using it. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And they say fire in the show a lot. Um, he does. There was something else I was going to say about Andor Season 2. Oh, yeah. Um, Klein, it might actually be Fall of 25 now because of the strike. Because if if I'm not mistaken, I remember Tony Gilroy giving interviews when Andor 1 was coming out. And he was saying, yeah, like we're not going to have it next year. We're probably get looking at like August 2024. And that was before the strike. And so I'm like, I imagine they want to take their time with this, especially Tony Gilroy wants to take his time with this, make sure it's all right. Me, I say fall of 25 just because I like it when shows and movies come out at like the same kind of cadence. Like I love the fact that yeah. all the sequel movies came out in December. Like I, I fucking love that. And I hate that Mando this past year was like in March. It's like, no, put that in December. Like who cares if we have to wait a little bit longer? Put it in December or November, October, whatever. Put it in the fall time. And so I hope Andor sticks to that fall, August, September kind of start. Um personally but 
Disney being Disney, they might move it up to earlier in 25, but I, I think we have to wait just a little bit longer because of the strike. Yeah, and this is the last, this is it. This is, which sucks. That yeah, makes it's... me, like, the second Andor season two is over, I need Bob Iger to back a dump <laughs> truck of money up to Tony Gilroy's house and say, what do you want to do? Like, <laughs> anything. What, like literally what anything. do you want to do next? We will pay you literally anything, just as long as we have, like, lock him down. If Because if you don't, He's going to go and do cool shit elsewhere. <laughs> I feel like we could, we might be saying the same thing about Leslie Headland after the Acolyte, by the way. And she's a much Ooh. bigger Star Wars fan than Tony Gilroy. She loves Knights of the Old Republic. That was like, not, not her generation, but like she loved that shit, like that era of Star Wars Legends type stuff. So if the Acolyte hits, I could see him doing that for, uh, Bob Agger doing that for, Leslie Headland and her actually having a chance. What of they saying need yes. to do with Tony Gilroy is go, okay, Tony, we did this thing. It was called secret invasion. What we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to tell everyone in the MCU that this was some alternate reality. It never happened. And we're going to do secret invasion redux in brackets. <laughs> and you can just make the show because Tony Gilroy was born to make that show. Oh God, you're so and right. It's going to be great. You know, they could say they could say that the 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 OG one was like on Earth. I think Jack, 67. I think we're not I think we're literally months away from that happening. The amazing. No, not not them remaking it, but them going, "Hey guys, yeah, that was another reality." Yeah, no, no, like straight, yeah. I, who, then Gaia who, can show up in Secret Wars at like the very end. She like yeah. she can be part of that battle or whatever, sure. but yeah, I'm I don't know if we're that far away from them saying that never happened and it honestly it would kind of make sense with the marvels if you've seen the marvels doesn't quite line up <laughs> where's his wife that's all i'm saying okay uh back to star wars bad batch season three jack the namesake of our bad batchers patented scale of <laughs> that's true objectivity sure i don't know <laughs> we'll have to get a good okay like at, we can like get a good acronym going maybe like the bad the official the O R R B B R S O O. See, see the official Reckless Rebellion <laughs> Bad Batch review scale of objectivity. See, golf has the O W R, which is official world ranking, and I like how O W R just mm. kind of flows. So yeah, we need something like that. We'll figure that it out. Sounds like that sounds like something that like Ethan Hunt would fight in a Mission Impossible movie. The O W R, Ethan, <laughs> Ethan, Ethan Hunt. <laughs> You can't um, beat that was my, Ethan. I forget his name. <laughs> I forget his name too. <laughs> oh man, Ethan, Ethan Hunt. Um, Bad Batch season three. Where are you at? Where's your hype at, Jack? Um, this is kind of my skeleton crew for you, Klein. I'm gonna go three out of five here. Um, just because I liked that there were episodes of this past season of uh, season two that just blew me. I like where away. we got to. I love where, like we, got where we got to. to. And there were moments in between that were stellar, fantastic. And then everything else, I'm just like, what? But then even the stuff that I thought was fantastic, I remember scenes, but that's about it. I don't remember a ton of the plot of what was going on. I have images in my head that I can't connect to each other. It's just kind of there. I definitely need to rewatch season two, or at least some of it before heading into season three. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I'm just kind of, I don't know. I, I I'm curious to see where they go is the reason why it's not any lower than a three, just cause I, I really don't know what they're setting up, but it seems cool. I just want to see the payoff of it. 
They're setting up the end. This is the final season. Uh, we're getting in 2024. The end of Star Wars. That's it. They're going to go out <laughs> with everyone's favorite bad batch. David Thompson might actually have to watch it. Um, I think I'm also a three, maybe a two and a half. I'm going to say a two and a half. Okay. And my only issue is, as you said, there were some great season two where we got was like awesome. And we had some amazing moments and there were some great episodes is season three just going to be that? Because if it is, then I'm a four, four and right. a half maybe. But then we have the like, I think it was just you and I who reviewed that episode. We have the Indiana Jones style treasure hunt episode. And it's like, <laughs> oh God. Do, do we need this? Like, I'm not, this is fun, but this, I'm not really clamoring. We don't need a 16 episode run. No. Give us no. eight killer 30 minute things i'd be okay with 12 or 10 like 8 to 12 range for me yeah sure sure like what i'm thinking is we don't need take look at your animated brethren that's out there right now it's a totally different show but like look at what invincible is doing on amazon Mm. it's like eight episodes it is there is no quote-unquote i hate it but filler um yeah i know thomas will hate that i even said the word but (laughs) it's like it is a tight story that had that is like from one point to another and there's no like let's go and save this city if that's from that's flooding or i think that ended up paying off because they got that like that's where they're kind of based now yeah or whatever but i just i want it to be i want it to be the final season of clone wars where it is a tight thing and i want it to be some of the high points of the series we've gotten so far i just don't know if it is going to be that I agree. I agree. I, I will say, I think you can't have the amount of filler that we had in Bad Batch Season 2 and also release it weekly. That, that's just my yeah. opinion. I, I think that was the struggle. I, I don't know why. Maybe it was Star Wars Rebels when I was watching it weekly. It, maybe it's because um, I was younger, so I didn't mind some of the more childish episodes. Um, and it wasn't the end of the world like it is now. I, I think maybe just the world and, and and the fandom has changed to where like they're just not going to put up with those kind of episodes anymore, especially if it's weekly. So I, I, I'm with you. Like e- either do the eight to twelve episode thing and and give us the meat of the of the story, or give us sixteen episodes or, or more and just throw it all out there at once and let us just binge it. Thankfully, Jack, they won't have to worry about the internet getting mad at them because no one on the internet is going to watch it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think not very many people have watched the true. first two seasons. That is true. Uh, next up, it is The Mandalorian Season 4. What we know about this so far is that it is headed for production. It's finally happening. Or not finally. It actually hasn't been that long since we last checked in with Mando. But Season 4 is going to be headed towards production now that the strike is over. Writing was basically apparently done during the uh production of season three yeah so that's cool because they knew the writer's strike um, was coming and they wanted to finish it let's do it let's get as many lizzo cameos <laughs> as we can um mando season four i can't believe i'm saying this jack this might be the lowest one i give out today i'm at a two klein i'm right there with you i do not care about Din Djarin right now I just don't 
coming out of episode or season one and season two, the most interesting part about this whole series for me is what's with this kid? What's with Grogu? Oh my gosh. Like where are we headed with this? And I feel like on paper, John Favreau and team gave us some of those answers in season three. I don't really find them that interesting. I don't really, I want baby Grogu to head towards some sort of like, I want to see some development with him. I want, and we're season three felt like a step backwards. It felt like we did not get a whole lot of, a whole lot there. He has a, she has chainmail now, I guess. Yeah, man. Cool. Like, um, it's got a little plate. I on just, chest. I'm, I am unsure about the future of the Mandalorian as a series, which is crazy coming off of season one and two. Cause I loved those. They were so much fun. And it's the Mandalorian kind of feels like it does not feel like the tentpole franchise uh, that it was in season one and two. I think season three did a lot of damage to the name of the Mandalorian. And it's that's going to matter because we're headed towards a Mandalorian movie. Call it the Mandoverse movie, whatever. The first part of Mandoverse is Mando. So <laughs> like the that like the Mandalorian has to hit for people to care about the Mandoverse movie, whatever you call it. Uh, so like I'm a little wishy-washy on it right now. Yeah, I'm also at it too. Um, I'm so happy you said that because I feel validated. I feel seen. Um, I completely agree. I I just don't care. It's it's incredible how much damage both Book of Boba Fett and Mando three did uh, to my opinion on this show. Um, and I say Book of Boba Fett, even though the best parts of that show in some of my favorite Star Wars television ever is the two episodes about Grogu and Mando because they are spectacular. But that reunion, that reunion in the finale of Book of Boba Fett, I didn't hate it at the time. Little did I know just how much, like that was the start of this path that we've gotten with Mando 3 and, and kind of Ahsoka. That's a little adjacent though. Um, that's more from a bigger Mandoverse picture, but just from the Mandalorian, like I, I didn't realize how much, damage that would do because i thought we were getting a different story we didn't i we we did focus a little on grogu and mando 3 but it was really just like that one episode there wasn't much develop like he got development in those book of Boba Fett episodes or is he only in one yeah he's only in one of them but still he got a lot of development there he's choosing his own path but i think they underestimated just how much we not we cared about grogu as a character and not as a cute little thing um i cared about his character and i i I liked kind of how they continued his story a little bit but it wasn't enough like to me he's the main character outside of din jaren and din jaren got no development whatsoever and i love katie sackoff and i love bo katan and i want to see her get development too but that what what they executed for her development wasn't I think on paper it works but just like i said the way they executed it was not engaging to me or captivating at all and I just, I don't care. And by the way, Mando 3 literally ends with like the cutest little, but like that could have been the end of the show. So like, what the hell is Mando 4? Like, what are we, what are we doing? I don't care. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm out on Mando, but I'm with you. Two out of five bad batchers.
Pedro Pascal's out on Mando. Literally, but that's that's the vibe I get. I feel like he doesn't give a shit either. No, he's he. I'll go do a day in the booth or whatever yeah. and figure it out. I don't know. I'm. It's Mandalorian is in an interesting place Very. after earlier this year, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it because the next one is the Mando movie. Mm-hmm. The Mandoverse movie, the culmination of all of this, being directed by Dave Filoni, was announced earlier this year at Star Wars Celebration. We're seemingly leading towards kind of a Endgame-esque Thrawn battle, I guess. Not Endgame in like the sense of, I don't know, this culmination of 10 years of storytelling or whatever, but like Endgame in... The it is they're headed towards something. Yeah, they're yeah. hurtling towards this final confrontation that everyone's going to need to be a part of. It seems. So where are you at, Jack, uh, with the Mandoverse movie? A little more excited for this one, but two and a half out of five. Um, yep, I am. I was just going to say yeah. right now, two and a half out of five, and cool. the only reason being it's a Star Wars movie. Exactly. We we get we get to go to the theaters to watch this thing. Um, look. What if it's straight to Disney Plus? Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Or Netflix. Two things are going now, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Um, look, just kind of just gonna hammer this one home a little bit. I, I do not have full-fledged faith in Dave Filoni as a live-action director just yet. Um, go ahead, Klein. Do you have something to say? Oh, I just made, no. Klein made a very, made a very making, interesting I was, face. Um, I, I know it's a little bit of a. I'm just gonna clip that out. Yeah. Oh, save oh boy. It. Oh, Send it to Dave. What I've done. He'll keep it on a USB uh, in his hat. I hope he proves me wrong. Prove me wrong, Dave. Um, and not just directing. I think honestly, I feel like I'm a little bit more concerned about his writing for live action because the animated dialogue and and writing does not translate that well to live action. I think Ahsoka kind of proved that. Um. But yeah, it's just his directing for me. I mean, it's tough because I do think about his individual episodes that he directed. So I guess maybe I'm more so thinking about the writing because the individual episodes he directed, I thought were were great. The best, I think he did episode one, definitely five. Five was the best of the series, um, and at least in terms of fan service. But yeah, I just I don't have. He's still figuring it out that that translation from animation to live action. So I'm. I'm a little bit more excited. We get to go to the movie theater, but, and uh, it's not just man Mandalorian and Grogu involved in this. It's, it's the culmination movie. So we do get hopefully Ahsoka and some rebels characters and somehow wow. skeleton crew. <laughs> yeah. So, so th- that's cool. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of here when it comes to Mando stuff. Yeah. That's I'm Klein. One reason I'm excited for it. Sorry, it's, it's a Star Wars movie. I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. I'm just going to point out we're we're more excited for Skeleton Crew than both Mando Four and the Mandoverse movie. And I'm not that excited. For <laughs> exactly. <Skeleton Crew. laughs> what is happening? Um, the next one is the first Jedi movie coming to us from James Mangold. Directed this year's Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny, which might be the most underrated movie of 2023. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and might be the second best Indiana Jones. You're an insane um, person. No, I would never say something so crazy. Or would I? Uh, James Mangold can make a movie, okay? 100%. This is the guy who did Logan. This is the guy who did The Wolverine. I will say another underrated film. Amen. 
this guy can make a picture. And he's going to do a Star Wars about the origins of the Jedi. Florence Pugh is going to star. I'm just saying it right now. Oh, don't get my hope. Willing it, willing it into existence. <laughs> it was announced earlier this year at Star Wars Celebration. Jack Pugh's Where Are You at the First Jedi movie, the dawn of the Jedi film. Look, I could sit here guys. and say that, guys, guy, since it's only one of you. <laughs> hey, guy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> oh, I love South Park. Um, I, I could sit here and say that Dial of Destiny hurt my hype for the first Jedi movie, but I you won't. Could, but you I won't. won't say that. Um, just because James Mangold has such a proven track record outside of it, and in that movie, they I, I Ford versus Ferrari was yes, dude. I, that's the one yeah. I was gonna bring up. Okay. It's. If you have not seen Ford vs. Ferrari, it is such it is one of those rare movies where it's like a combination of like a feel-good movie, but it's also a great dramatic movie at the same time. Sometimes those are separate. Like sometimes the best feel-good movies, they're not great, like technically speaking, movies or films, but this is one of those rare combinations that everything works, the acting works, but his directing, especially. What a picture. And then of course Logan. I think the Wolverine's underrated. He's done was it three ten to Yuma, which was a huge. I haven't seen that, but my dad loves that movie. Um, I have so much faith in him outside of Indiana that Indiana Jones movie. And plus, the Lucasfilm. I I think there were a lot of different voices trying to make that movie what it was. This is you know, I, it wasn't like a full fledged James Mangold movie. I think it was James Mangold trying to make an Indiana Jones movie. Where I wish. Both in terms of the writing and directing, they kind of just went more. It's like, no, James, do your thing, even though it is indie swan song. Um, but with all that being said, I'm going four and a half Bad Batchers out of five for the first Jedi movie. I'm going to say five. Nice. This is my most antici- this is my most anticipated thing on the Star Wars slate Fuck currently. That. It's a movie. We talked about it when it was announced. The idea of the origins of this whole thing has fascinated me for years and i am just i cannot wait to see this to me and it's something that's been brought up quite a few times by very many people since it was announced so i won't belabor the point but this to me could be the like what star wars needs this this could be a whole new corner of the galaxy a, a whole new corner of this franchise that we've known and loved for almost 50 years some yeah. people not me um, we are babies, Thomas, maybe. <laughs> and this could be that re this could be what it is, has been looking for. It, it could be the jumping off point for a whole new kind of set of films, set of TV shows, set of everything, comics, books. I am, I have full faith in James Mangold. In my mind, he has not made a bad movie from the things that I've seen. 310 Yuma is fantastic. I love that. Out. I loved dial of destiny wow good for you i did i did i did i thought it was a great movie i won't call the masterpiece it's not my one of my favorite films of the year great ending. i had a lot of fun great ending Mm -hmm. oh my gosh the dude can james mangold make an ending man logan the ending of that movie (laughs) great when the when the grave falls over to big eck all so like this dude is he wants to do it. He's passionate about it. Star Wars has been the thing. Obviously, he's going to be so busy. He's got this. Uh, he's doing Swamp, Swamp thing. thing for DC. He's doing the Timothy Chalamet, Bob Dylan movie. Oh, dude, I'm like, hyped for that. Oh, I, I am 
fascinated to see what that looks like. So it could be quite some time before we see it. Take your time. I want this. Make the biblical epic in the Star Wars universe that you. Pitched, oh my god! Because I am. I'm there. I'm there. I'm ready. I. I was. I was there last week. Like I am ready to go for this one. Klein, I don't know what I was saying. I threw my hype check out there. I'm reeling it back. We're gonna reel it back a little bit, guys. I'm reeling it back. It's a five out of five. And you got me from the minute you said it's a movie, because I completely forgot that the other two five out of fives I've given were TV shows. And I. I said it in our uh, Reckless Rebellion DMs. I am desperate now. I'm at the point. It's been long enough. I am desperate now for a Star Wars movie. I was not that Lucasfilm has been trying to create next a Star year. Wars it movie. will be five years exactly since the Star Wars film came Look, out. Lucasfilm has been trying, and I disagree with their trying because I I feel like Star Wars needed a movie break after Rise of Skywalker. But I have officially reached the point of I need a Star Wars movie. I'm I'm on that train. First, I agree with you. It, and then you mentioned biblical epic, and I completely forgot about his comments. The fact that he's like thinking of Ben Hur in in the Ten Commandments in terms of this movie, and I'm like, I Ben Hur is one of my favorite movies of all time. So yeah, five out of five. It's my most anticipated Star Wars project. I'm with you. Other than Bad Batch season, three. other than Bad Batch season three, the end of Star Wars, as we as we uh, <laughs> envision <out> season three. <laughs> Next up is another film. It is just the Ray Return film. That's kind of what we know it as now. The post, um, ri- why did I just blank on the name of episode nine? Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, movie being made by, I always forget her name. Charmaine Obeyed Shinoy, I think. Yes. Daisy Ridley, very famously coming Queen. back. Had one of the. Best moments of the year before strikes happened. Got up on stage, smiled. It was amazing. What a morning that was. Waking up at <laughs> ungodly hours, ready to report on all that. And I am going to give this a four and a half. Ooh. I like yeah. it. I like that. I'm just, I'm so excited to see. I am ready for the Daisy Ridley revenge tour and not a revenge tour in this universe because that's not who Ray Skywalker is, folks. (laughs) I am ready for, I was there. I was there the whole time. I've been on the, I've been on the Ray. I am a, I am a founding member of the Ray Hive, folks. I am ready for her to win everyone back with this movie because I think a lot of people, I think Rise of Skywalker did a lot to sour people on her. I, even in the Rise of Skywalker, I like her character. I, I like where they took her. I think that Ridley works in, in this universe so well. And give her another chance. Even if it's just one more movie, let her cook. Let her cook. And I'm, I'm just, I, I, I will cry when I see that trailer. I don't know if I'll cry when I see the first Jedi trailer. I'll be hyped. I'll get goosebumps. <laughs> I will cry when I see Daisy Ridley back in the costume back with a lightsaber maybe training young jedi who knows like i am i am so ready to see what this is and i hope like rumors have said this might be the first one that comes out i hope it is i'm gonna say something that's gonna piss a lot of people off you don't like star wars quite the contrary i fucking love those sequel movies i love them yes you know what i I had some time they're all at least good I, 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 quite the contrary again. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say, I think that Rise of Skywalker is quite dog shit, but I fucking love it anyway. 
because number one, yes, it is Star Wars, but also those were my first experiences of Star Wars movies in the theaters. And and so much of my love for those movies comes from Daisy Ridley's Rey. Rey Skywalker. Yeah, I said it. Deal with it. I love the character so, 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 so much. Issues, absolutely. But I don't associate those issues with the character. I associate them with the people who were writing the character. And, 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 and the producers that kind of let the sequel trilogy just go off the track. I am so, so, so happy that she's back. Like when she came out on that stage and she smiled, Klein, my heart smiled. I lit up. She was, I was like, this is amazing. Was I I went over to Spotify. I turned on Ray's theme and hell and yeah, song. you did, dude. It was awesome. Oh my God. I love her. Um, I have concerns just because this was supposed to be a damon lindelof thing and and i guess he wrote a script a first draft of a script um and they're like you know what we kind of want to go in a different direction with this it was supposed to be about an older ray i guess um and they wanted a uh, oh my gosh what's her name i can't think of the actress's name they wanted to get they wanted to get an actress to play an older ray and helen mirren yes they wanted a helen mirren type i don't know why i don't know why that was in my brain well because that 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 was the story they wanted a Helen Mirren type to, uh, actress to play Ray. And they're like, you know what? We want to do something different. He's off the project. And now they've brought on Stephen DeKnight to write the movie, who um, uh, I don't know if he created, but he was definitely like a showrunner for, for um, the British gang show with Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy. Um, Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to do the accent. Um, and I haven't seen that show. People love it. Uh, I don't know a lot of his work. Matt Remke loves it okay i i didn't know that so there you go um so i i have faith in him and this is this is me figuring out my hype ranking because i don't know quite where to go i guess i'll say four out of five just because there is still a lot of baggage of the sequel trilogy and i'm i'm a little bit cautious of how they're going to handle that um moving forward but a full a full bad badger just a full bad badger and a half a full two bad badgers because daisy ridley is back in Star Wars. Yeah, I'm excited about it. We've got two more movies. I don't know if there'll be a lot. I mean, maybe there will be a lot of talk for <laughs> both of these, but the next is known the brilliant title of Taika Waititi's Untitled Star Wars film. <laughs> we got a quote again this week. They asked him about it. He said, I don't know. It's going to piss a lot of people off. This is after quotes of, I don't know if I'm doing it still. Am I doing it? Maybe. I'm working on it. It's slow. I am i don't know how to feel about this film. Um, Jack, do you have a Bad Batcher ranking in mind? I do. And it's a one Bad Batcher out of five. Um, just because... Uh, the only reason I have a Bad Batcher is because I... I still have faith that that filmmaker who made Thor Ragnarok and uh, I'm blanking on the movie or the name of every movie and Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Thank you so much. I haven't seen the hunt for the wilder people. I think is what it's called. Um, I have full faith in that director. I don't have full faith that that director is going to show up and writer. I should say, I forgot he's right. I don't know if that director exists anymore. Oh God. I've don't seen next say Wins, that. Oh no. Which is his new movie. And it's, it is very Taika Waititi mm. um, for better or for worse. 
and so I, I I'm concerned that that director does not exist anymore. <laughs> Don't say that. Jojo Rabbit's so fucking good. If you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, go see Jojo Rabbit. That's my recommendation for the week. <laughs> Do you think this movie ever comes out? No. Especially with what we talked no. about earlier with them figuring things out for the Star Wars slate and the plan. And and by the way, I just want to emphasize while you figure this out, Klein. Um, I don't need when when we when I say plan for Star Wars, I am not one of these people who is saying that Star Wars needs to have a plan. Show of, me the roadmap, right? Yeah. You don't need that. I don't need I well, I don't need the interconnectivity that Marvel has. Let's put it like that. Like I don't need every project that comes out to be connected to the other some like I don't need every project to be a manoverse thing. I don't need you know, I don't need it all to be intertwined somehow. But I do and that's why I think the outline of the eras and the and the timeline really works because it's like, okay, we have a bucket we can put these things in. We can have a logo appear at the beginning of each movie or TV show that shows what era they're in. So I don't that's cool. I like that idea. I don't think thank you. Um, I, well, I, that idea came from the fact that the DCU is going to have Elseworlds, and I'm sure they'll have a logo before the movie that's an Elseworlds thing that says, hey, this isn't part of the DCU. Um, but I just don't think Taika's movie is going to fit anywhere into one of those buckets or plan. So, I have done some soul searching, and <laughs> I've just like Luke, I searched my feelings, and I do know it to be true. <laughs> that I think that I'm going to give this half a bad batcher simply wow. because the potential of Taika is there. Maybe shaky. I just have no faith that this is ever going to happen. Yeah. None. This is the first movie that we heard about post that was I like going to happen post rise of Skywalker. This right? was an investors day. I like, was it December of 20? Like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> and I just hope they can use that logo treatment for something else. Cause I remember it being like, so cool. <laughs> it was really cool. They had like a cool, like background image of like planets and like some weird, like orb thing. I don't know. Yeah. I have zero faith that this is going to happen. Taika has done star Wars stuff. He directed, I think the finale of Mando season one. Oh, and it was great. And it was great. Like and he didn't write there it. was Taika humor. There was Taika humor in there that worked. That was the one with this with these that started with the stormtroopers yeah. trying to shoot at stuff. But, and that is still some of the funniest Star Wars writing ever. Incredible. But the key thing, at least I'm, I think, I, I, I don't know 100%. I don't think he was like a, a co-writer on that or anything. I, that may have been like something just like on the set that he wanted to try. Or maybe it was in the writing and so much of it was brought to life by his directing. But I think a key thing with a lot of these movies that that were these Taika movies that we're not as much fans of is the writing is the fact that he's a right now. I, I think he wrote Jojo Rabbit. No, but for me, the issue with Taika is Taika when he is great and it's you get it in what we do in the shadows, you get it in Reservation Dogs, but that's not like he didn't write that. He's just very closely involved in it you definitely get it in Thor Ragnarok is I love Taika humor. I love it. Thor Ragnarok's awesome. It's so much fun, but it is, if you're looking at the meter of dramatic and Taika silly, he does a great job in the things that he does well of balancing those two things and keeping that meter right in the middle. There is, there are dark 
and dramatic and emotionally resonant moments in Ragnarok. I would even say in Love and Thunder, there's those. I mean, the Natalie Portman stuff. Sure. It just leans a little too far to the Taika silliness. And I I love it. It it is so his humor is so funny, but he also can capture that that heart. He he can do the James Gunn thing, and that's why I think James Gunn is so successful. Is he he can capture that heart. It's so silly and so funny, but he can get dramatic and he can really, really hit you. I'm just worried that Taika has maybe thought that it's the humor that got him where he is and like let's lean in like let's just like go full in on the the goat jokes and the weird awkward yeah. kiwi j- funniness i agree with a lot of what you said i i, I guess maybe it just depends on the type of movie he's making because the only thing that discredits really what i was saying just there is jojo rabbit because he wrote that himself and he won the oscar for it and i think rightfully so but like look with ragnarok he wasn't the only writer he had somebody reining him in a little bit. And I think with the success of Ragnarok, they were like, hey, do whatever the hell you want with Love and Thunder. And he, I think Here's he wrote that car. solely himself and then he obviously directed it. And and so I I just wonder, There's, I think there will be a, a Taika Waititi movie that comes out before this, if this even comes out before his Star Wars movie. And I'm just curious to see what kind of movie it is because from what I've heard about Next Goal Wins, it is still kind of that Taika's just trying to make that goofy, silly type of movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've just heard that it, it's same problems as not the exact same, of course, because it's two different things, but like love and thunder. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I still have faith. Maybe you just need someone to rein him in. I kind of think Filoni in terms of his star Wars writing and directing, he needs another person there to kind of not help him along, but just a collaborator. I thought the same thing. That, could be, a, that could be an interesting collaboration. It would be a very interesting Dave. That'd be, that would be, well, cause you know what? And I think Taika could help him out with, with un, he, Taika for the most part, he understands like, I, I think about Jojo rabbit. I think about the dialogue and, and just like the scenes that, that, built the relationships between the characters and not that Dave doesn't know. I mean, Dave, he's obviously a successful writer and whatever else more successful than I'll ever be, but he doesn't always, I just feel like he doesn't always know the exact words or the way to structure or execute communicating an idea or a relationship in live action. I like have no problems with him in animation like whatsoever, but that's just been my issue with him in live action. It's executing his ideas and Taika when he's at his best, like God, like I, he's just blown me away with exactly what you said, the heart and the humor. More of a general Taika question that we can move to the last one. Have we seen Taika Waititi's best movie? Um, I'll just, I'll say yes, but I don't mean that as much in a negative way as I think others mean it just because I think Jojo rabbit is incredible filmmaking. Okay. The last one, Sean Levy's star Wars film. Another one we don't know a lot about other than that. He kind of keeps saying that it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but we don't know a ton about it. Things are moving very slowly. Um, I guess, I guess Ryan Johnson's stuff would also be in a similar boat to this so this this might be moving even a little faster than that where are you with sean levy's movie i'm kind of it's kind of a blank spot for me i always forget that this one's happening yeah i put this one in at the end um just because he did talk about it recently while the strike was still going on he's like yeah it's happening um i'm 
I'm going to go, I'll just go two out of five bad batchers. And that's, uh, that's nothing negative against him or anything. I actually like a lot of his stuff. I mean, stranger things, of course, I liked the Adam project a lot. Um, he's doing Deadpool three that I have a lot of faith in, but I think part of me wants to see how he's going to handle that before I go any higher on this. Cause other than that, like there's no reason for me to be down on this or up on it in terms of hype. But yeah, I'll, I'll stick with two. I want to see Deadpool three first. Yeah. Deadpool three will tell a lot about how he does things. He also free guy. He did do free guy. Yeah, I believe. So. Yeah. I didn't. See so that. I'm, I love stranger things. A little trepidatious about the free guy. Really? I have not seen Adam project. I've heard a lot of people like free guy. Oh God, no! Oh, really? No. Free Guy. I think Free Guy is one it. of the worst pandemic era movie going movie really? experiences I have ever had, I or I guess I had. Um, he also did Real Steel, which I freaking love. Which I had a Facebook memory come up the other day of 2011. Kleinfeld saying Real Steel was the greatest uh, underdog. Yeah, story you told ever us this. Film. <laughs> uh, Klein, I have a question for you. Yeah. What do you think Free Guy is at on Rotten Tomatoes? And we'll oh, do God. we'll do critic and we'll do audience. Critic fifty five. Okay, and what do you think for audience? Eighty three. It is at an eighty percent for critic. No way. That's what I was that saying, dude. When because I remember this movie coming out and people were like, oh, it's like a pandemic thing, like it's not going to be that good, and people like loving it. It's at a ninety four percent audience it's... score. Oh my god, people, <laughs> dude, people need to watch movies. That sucks. <laughs> I I'd, might wa- like watch it now. I'm, I'm curious. There, there's a moment I've seen some towards spoilers. the end of the film that is like so blatant. Uh, it, I can't. <laughs> Tyke is in that movie too, and he's awful. I that I hate that film. I can say with a just like wow. with full. Like a full bellied, I hate free guy. Klein against the world. And I'm the video game guy. Yeah. This should have been right up my alley. No. I might check it out. Also, Ryan Reynolds for me is very, very hit or miss. Yeah. I, and I think that's why the Adam Project, I liked it. Like, it's not, it's no like great feat of filmmaking or anything, but, and not to, I don't know. He just, he seemed a little different in that movie. And, and I, I liked yeah. seeing a different side of him, but he's still Ryan Reynolds at the he end was, of the day. He was born to play Deadpool. I just am not a fan of him playing Deadpool in every film. Right. Completely agree. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I haven't given my rating. Uh, two. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, we, we agreed on a lot of this, by the way. I'm proud of us. Look at us. We're, I've, I've said it all the, like, all the time we're of the same mind but what did you think how hyped are you for the star wars slate what we have coming up did we miss anything you can let us know over at reckless rebels on twitter jack where can everybody find you or if they need to, if they need to send any of their grievances towards somebody where can people send those you can you can send those to at jack pews p-u-e-s all one word mm-hmm. on twitter it's called X. No, no, no. Delete that. <laughs> edit it out. Thomas. Remember, remember threads? Um, oh Thomas isn't editing this thing. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you can find me everywhere at the Kleinfeld. T H E K L uh, E. Oh my gosh. T H E K L E I N E. Wow. <laughs> Wait, get T-H-E- there. T H E 
K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-T. There we go. No? K-L-E-I. Yeah. Okay. K-L-E. <laughs> Whatever. My name, first and last, with the word the in front of it. If you can't figure out how to spell Klein, look at your underwear because it's spelled just like Calvin Klein. Head on over to po- uh, I can't speak. You want me Head to finish the show? Podcast. <laughs> no, that's okay. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you are listening. Give us a review. It really helps. And while you're there, ask a quest. Ask us a question like Noe Ruiz did this week. We may talk about it here on the show. I almost called you Tom Drew. Jack Hughes. <laughs> any recommendations for the audience this week? Um. I gave one earlier and I forgot what it was. Oh, Ford versus Ferrari, I think it was, maybe. Um, yeah. Maybe that was it. Uh, the Bear. Um, I'm trying to think of something that I haven't the recommended. Bear, the Bear is, oh my it's, God. It's Any chance I, Matt Remke right of the Direct Podcast, who this is like the ninth time he's been brought up, brought up this episode. <laughs> uh, he is currently in the midst of watching it. Is I he? just finished watching it for the first time about a month ago. Yeah, we talked about it very briefly after recording uh, the direct podcast oh, when I was in Atlanta. I got to text like, him about it. Dude, yes. Like, The Bear... The Bear might be my favorite TV show ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I mean, but, like, that's how you do television, by the way. Like, small... Like, it's the characters, dude. They have these small... It's a lot, though. It, it is so anxiety-inducing. The first season is, like... And they're only half hour episodes and it just goes. It just goes. It will by. rock your world. But like Klein, like what I keep coming back to is like it's funny, it's high paced, it's intense, it's overwhelming. But then out of nowhere, you'll 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 just want to start crying because it's one like little character moment. And that's the type of stuff Marvel shows, Star Wars shows, it? it's like do that. Yeah. Okay. I finished it a while ago. My dad's watching it for the first time. Okay. So that's so yeah, I, I'm yeah. kind of back uh, on that. Where train. are you and with I, your dad? Have it's you bumped up in like my season head. two? We we got to season two, episode seven, Forks, and I believe he is, which is like just unbelievable television. That episode, every second counts. That is my favorite episode. It, it's probably the, the whole series. It's probably the best. It, Richie at that point goes from being like I was not a fan. I, I don't know how I felt about the character or whatever. Right. That episode for me is like this is what we've been working for. That like, oh my gosh, the. Hey, do you want to like you're not cleaning forks tonight? Moment, the him in the car with it's Taylor Swift love, love story coming out. Baby, just say just yes. oh my goodness, it's the bear. It's watch amazing. Bear. He, I think I told him he can watch eight and I haven't seen him in a little bit. My dad, he lives like eight minutes away. Um, I said you can watch eight and nine of season two, but save that finale for me because like i want to watch the finale with you because it's such a culmination of like all these feelings you have throughout the entire season and they just crash into like one he's in the fridge and just like and you're just sobbing and you're like dude like everything is working yeah you don't know it is and (laughs) you're what you don't know what you're doing right now and oh my gosh i love the bear (sighs) Should we start a bear podcast? Maybe. Maybe we'll go episode by episode until season three comes out. See, I'm not even kidding. I'll do it. But I I, I said it kind of earlier. Marvel, Star Wars, you're cop, not copy, but like that's how you do television, man. I don't know what the hell y'all are doing sometimes. I mean, Andor, I mean, like that was the blueprint for Star Wars. But you know what I mean? Come on, get it together, Disney Plus. 
Also, great music in the bear. A v- oh, good variety like of stuff. You've got metal in episode one. You've got some like. Gr- There's this one song called Chicago by Sufian Stevens. Yeah, who I was like I'd heard a little bit, and then it plays, and I instantly I listen to it on Spotify all the time now. It's just oh, it's dude, so good. that metal song, New Noise. I have been playing that yeah. in the gym, like that that intro. That oh, I play it in my headphones when I'm cooking. Oh my gosh, it's amazing! <laughs> I talk about getting pumped up, and I didn't realize it's also in Friday Night Lights, the movie, when they're walking out of the tunnel for the state championship game. And I was like, this song had an influence on me at some point in my life, and I didn't know it'd come back around with the bear. But here we are. I don't have any because we just talked about the bear for so long. I my recommendation is also the bear. So just like go watch that and drop what you're doing and do. I guess the new Scott Pilgrim series is out as well. I haven't seen mm. it yet, but I've heard really good things. So watch that as well. That's going to do it for this week of Reckless Rebellion, Sentience and Droids. We've reached the end of this episode. Remember, the Force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight. Stay hydrated. This was podcasting yippee